Bishop Dr. Michael Hutton Wood, the Senior Pastor of House of Judah, UK, The Happy Church, presents six dynamic life-changing books that will catapult you to higher heights entitled Success Has No Uncles, 12 Cancers to Avoid at All Costs in Leadership, Ministry, and Management. You have only one life. Make it count. Understanding and releasing the power of first fruit offerings and tithes. Invoking the incredible power of altars and sacrifices. Forgive, but don't forget. Success is self-determined. Success consists of little daily efforts. And failure consists of little daily neglects. Daniel said, I understood by books. No matter what life throws at you, stay focused and keep moving through relevant and current information. These books are definitely a must for your library. Order your copies today by calling or visiting our website www.housejitter.org.uk or using the information on your screen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. God bless you. God bless you all for joining us this this evening. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I trust all is well with you. Glory to Jesus. You are blessed and highly favored. Amen. 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 We appreciate everyone for joining us today on the Global School of Wisdom. The Global School of Wisdom. The whole of this month, we're dealing with financial freedom through financial education and financial literacy. Financial freedom through financial education or financial literacy. One of the interesting things about our lives is having been through the educational system in our various countries, but nothing was taught us about finances within the courses that we were given. And we need to rectify that. Glory to God. So once again, you are welcome. I want to encourage you to start sharing, start sharing, sharing, and inviting everyone that you know to join us. I'm just checking the Instagram to see. Glory to God. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You are blessed. You are blessed. So we're looking at financial literacy throughout this month. Financial education, teaching on money matters. Now sometimes when people hear about finances, especially probably taught by pastors, the the idea is that, hey, they're coming to talk about tithe and offering. We're about to receive our title of for coming to take our title of what if some don't understand is that there's more to finances than just title of title of is the foundation that's the beginning glory to god that's the beginning that's the foundation but finances is not all about title of title of is their foundation the foundation. just like when you're entering into a house or to a gate there's a key. You need to probably open the padlock or a key that you need to open the door. The tithe and offering is the foundation, is the foundation upon which 
I mean, when it comes to finances, tithing and offering, if you want to prosper, is the foundation upon which everything else is built. That brings security. So, we want to talk broadly about finances um, to educate us. There is a coming wealth transfer, and that coming wealth transfer is being directed at <clears throat> people who understand what it is there for, what is coming for. So we need to understand the dynamics about finance. Just like bankers study about finances or business, uh, study of people, businessmen study about business management. So they have understanding of dealing with money matters. So we're going to look at that subject. Everybody wants to be blessed. Everybody wants to prosper. Everybody wants to be rich. And everybody wants to be prosper. Everybody wants to be rich. Needs to know about money matters so that they know how to handle it. So it can be uh, brought back to them or reciprocated back to them. So the whole of this month we'll be looking at uh, financial education, financial literacy, financial literacy, talking generally about money matters, savings, investments, properties, lands, real estate, all those things, to educate ourselves about things that very often everybody's looking for more money, more money, more prosperity. Now, the, what is the essence of the prosperity that we are looking for? So we want to take our time throughout the whole of this month. Wednesdays, Fridays, we'll have some time of praying for financial wisdom. Praying for wisdom. Saturday lunch hour with her achievers will be dealing with money matters as well. We're going to cover, we're going to trust God to cover a lot of ground. And then Sundays, we're covering a lot of ground also on finances. My wife started last Sunday laying the foundation this coming Sunday I'll be there to continue where she left off. She's laid the right foundation. We'll be looking at where where's my uh, we'll be looking at subjects like um, gifts. Sandra, God bless you. You are welcome on Instagram. God bless you. Sandra, God bless you. Pastor Michael Johnson, you are welcome. Mama B, you are welcome. Glory to God. Agnes, you are welcome. Hallelujah. You are blessed and highly favored. God bless you all for joining us. Please keep sharing. <coughs> keep sharing, keep sharing. And invite as many people to join us <coughs> on this platform. I'll be looking at uh, finding financial freedom. We'll be looking at your gifts. Because it's your gifts, your talents, your natural gifts, spiritual gifts, endowments that make room for you and bring you before greatness. So your gifts is your world creating tool. We're going to be looking at how important our gifts are. Um, we're going to be looking at how to make a difference versus making a living. We're going to be looking at the dangers of depending on your salary alone. Um, somebody said salary. It's a bribe for you to forget your potential. It's not saying you should not receive salary because all of us receive some kind of salary. But it's saying we can go beyond that. There are other sources of income that God can give us by our building capacity in addition to the salaries that we earn. So we can go beyond that. You know, when you look in Genesis, Adam was placed in the garden and four rivers, four sources of income gravitated towards Adam. So there are four different kinds of ideas that God can bless us with. So we have four different sources of income, at least one additional source, and then creating many more. So we're looking at how to create multiple streams of income, the power of potential, how to maximize it, um, reasons why people work in luck. And one of my favorite ones is <laughs> Poverty is a bad boy. <laughs> Poverty is a bad boy. So look out for this glory to God every Wednesday, 7 p.m., Friday, 6 p.m., with our prayer session and short uh, exhortation. Saturday, lunch hour, the achievers 12 to 1. And then Sunday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. is all throughout this month's financial education. And let's not also forget to register. Register for our Wealth Transfer Masterclass. You know, everywhere I turn, everywhere I turn, I keep hearing about the Wealth Transfer. You know, two weeks ago, a few months ago, I had Wealth Transfer. Years ago, I have held Wealth Transfer. 
yesterday, yesterday or two days ago, I'm watching a clip on YouTube. It was all about world transfer. It's about to happen. It's about to happen. But we must prepare ourselves, prepare our minds for it. So, register for the coming wealth transfer master class. Two hours, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the 28th of May, last Saturday of this month. We're going to engage that closed session to teach us some of those mysterious truths to position us for the coming wealth transfer. Now, the coming wealth transfer doesn't mean we should, we should stop working. No, that's not what it means. Because even when the wealth transfer is transferred, you must know how to handle it, what it is there for. So we'll be looking at all the nitty-gritty of that. So, once again, you are all welcome. Let's see what we can cover within the next 48 minutes. So I'm looking tonight at why should we teach on biblical finances or biblical economics? Why should we teach on finances in church? Why should we teach believers about money? After all, we talk about tithe and offering and all that. Why should we talk to Christians and teach Christians about finances? You know, there are some who complain, uh, why should we talk about money in church? We should talk about holiness, we should talk about righteousness, we should talk about prayer, fasting, talk about everything but not money because it's ungodly to talk about, about money. That is where I start from today. That is where I'm going to start from today. Are you aware? The first reason why we must teach on finances, biblical economics, biblical finances. The first reason why we should teach on finances is because, number one, Jesus spoke and taught more about biblical economics than any other subject. You know, the day I come and teach you about was Jesus rich or poor, that, that, that will be the, the topic, the topic, the icing on the cake. Why should we teach about biblical finances and economics? So let's start. We're going to start with that and then we shall move on progressively. Jesus, our Savior, the one whom we've given our life to, the one who came to die, he became poor. Remember that scripture? He became poor that we might become rich. Why would, why would Jesus become poor that we might become rich? It is through our riches that the world will know about Jesus about his kingdom, about his principles. Jesus spoke and taught more about biblical economics than any other subject. That's the first reason why we must teach. Somebody said, why should we teach on finances? Why should we teach on faith? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why should we teach on holiness? Without holiness, you can't see God. Why should we teach on prayer? Because men ought always to pray and not faith. Because if you don't pray, you cannot communicate with God. Why should we teach on love? Because faith worked by love and love, love is God. Why teach on biblical economics? Because Jesus, our perfect example, 75% to 80% of Jesus' parable was about, fun, about money. So about biblical finances, the parable of the talents eh, in Matthew chapter 25, Luke chapter 19, 13, 15 to 26, the parable of the minas, M-I-N-E-X, calling 10 of his own bond servants. He gave them 10 minas, 10 minas, each equal to about 100 days wages or nearly $20. This was a three-month salary or earnings. In other words, for every three months of being paid, God expects productivity investment increase with what you have been paid. Jesus taught more about uh, about finances, biblical economics, accountability, trading for profits. Even God himself speaking in Genesis chapter 1, the purpose for which man was created. He said, be fruitful. That's, that's not, be fruitful does not mean just give birth to children. Be fruitful means be productive. Be a reproductive agent of everything that I've given to you and I've placed in your hand. Be fruitful. Be productive. Then multiply its effect and influence. Look at that. Replenish the earth. Fill the earth with your influence. And then subdue. And then take charge. And then have dominion. All this have to do with finances. Jesus, number one, taught more about biblical economics than any other subject, than any other subject. 
And remember, there are only two gods. So, first reason, Jesus taught more on money than any other subject. And then two, he became poor that we might become rich. He became poor that we might become rich. Did you see that? So Jesus thought more about economics than any other subject. Number two, he became poor. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, I believe it is. He became poor that we through his poverty might become rich. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When he preached on healing, God confessed he went with them, confirming the word they preached with signs and wonders. In the days in which we are, God wants to build an economically, uh, economically uh, viable and strong church and churches and believers. Because when we come to this, one of the, the, the points at the bottom, it's through the prosperity of his people. It's through the prosperity of his people that the gospel can be spread across the nation. So it's absolutely necessary in addition to every subject that we teach, that we teach primarily on finances as well. Glory to God. Deborah, God bless you. You are welcome. Abraham, Anand, God bless you. You are welcome. So number two, he became poor that we might become rich. So if he became poor that we might become rich, and the word become is a process, become rich. Why would he want, he, why would he become rich? Why would he become poor? So we become rich. Why is that the case? He became poor, that, you know, now he became rich that we might become poor. So that should tell you the gravity, the gravity, the gravity of what we are talking about. Then number three, I'm giving you the reason. So when we start digging and start looking at savings, investments, properties, and all those other things, glory to God, you will understand why why Jesus taught why we have to teach on biblical economics. You must understand. So, number one, Jesus taught more about prosperity, wealth, riches than any other subject. 75 to 80 percent of the teachings of Jesus were about finances. Then number two, he became poor that we might become rich. Then number three, third John 2, third John 2, third John 2, says he wishes, listen to this, he wishes above all things. He wishes above all things that we might prosper and be in health as our soul prospers. He wishes above all things that we prosper and be in health. So he wishes above all things. Did you hear the word all things? Holiness, righteousness, faith, prayer, fasting, church attendance, everything. Everything he wishes above all things that we prosper and be in health as our soul prospers. So Jesus taught more. Why are we teaching on biblical economics? Why should we be teaching on biblical economics and finances? Now I don't like, I don't I don't um, negate the fact that the some element of the prosperity gospel across nations or whatever has been abused, but it's just like everything else. There's always a counterfeit to everything. There's always abuse to everything. But that does not negate the fact that truth is true. So Jesus taught more about prosperity, finances, wealth, creation, biblical economics. Check your Bible out. Make time. Literally study. Don't take my word for it. Be like the Berean Christians. Go search your Bible from from, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels. Those are the Gospels of, of Jesus. So check it out. Take time and study to see how many times Jesus speak about money matters, talent, productivity, finances, etc. Check it out. Then number two, he became poor that we might become rich. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. He says, he, though he was rich, that is relatively how rich he was in heaven, for our sakes, he became poor. And I know there are some people who say, oh, that poor there is not physical, financial poor. That is spiritual poor. <laughs> Whichever way it is, he became poor. That even you lose spiritual poverty, it was spiritual poverty. Well, that we might become spiritually rich. Then we are told in 3 John 2, he wishes above. Why did he die? Jesus did not just come and die for our sins. He came to die for our poverty. Our, our, our insufficiency, our lack, our sickness, our disease, everything. He came to take care of all that. 
that word salvation covers every every aspect every aspect of our deliverance grace life one two three you are welcome god bless you so third john 2 he wishes above all things that we prosper and be in health as our soul prospers he wishes above then number four why should we speak why should we teach on biblical economics there are only two gods on this planet two gods on this planet god and money god and money he says thou shalt not love there are two masters god and money he says you either love one and hate the other you either love god more and hate money or you love god you love money and hate god so the only two gods on this planet you either love one and hate the other so the only two gods two gods that control humans on this planet god or money and you have to decide so number four is the only two gods god and money he says you shall not save money and you know that's another thing there are people who quote misquote scriptures he said money we shouldn't talk about money again because uh, uh, money what's this what's the scripture money is the root of all evil no that's not what the bible says <laughs> Which Christians shouldn't talk about money, you know, because money is the root of all evil. No, that's not what the Bible said. The Bible said the love of money, the love of money, the love of money is the root of all evil. The love is the love of money that is the root of all evil. There's nothing you can do on this planet without finances. Oral Roberts is known to have said, uh, uh, money, anointing without money is equal to annoyance. There's nothing you can do on this planet without money. Everything that you do has to do with money. So money is not the root of all evil. It is the love of money that is the root of evil. The root of all evil. So money is not evil. There are two gods. God and money. You serve one and hate the other. But money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of it. The love of it. So when God blesses you with finances, he doesn't expect you to love the money more than he that gave you. So once you have money and money is not controlling you, and you don't love money more than God, God has no problem at all because he said he wishes above all things that you prosper and be in hell as you so prosper. Did you see that? Also, so we lay in the foundation. Then Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. The Bible says God called Abraham out of air of the Chaldees. So Matthew 6.24, thank you, Mama B. Matthew 6.24, it says, no man can serve two masters. We are laying the foundation on why teach on biblical economics or biblical finances. We are laying the foundation upon which you're going to build on with other principles of finance, financial behaviors, financial habits. Financial actions, savings, investments, etc., etc. So, Ms. Yezi, God bless you. You are welcome. Genesis 12, 1 to 3 is the fifth reason why we teach, we must teach on finances, biblical economics. Genesis 12, 1 to 3, God called Abraham out of hell, the Chaldees, and said, I'll take you to a land that you do not know. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, get out of your country. Get out from your kindred, from your father's house, unto a land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. Thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. <laughs> this is powerful. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country. Abraham used to live in air of the Chaldees, which is present day Babylon, Iraq. Get out of your country from your kindred and from your father's house onto a land that I will show you. Now, why would God move a person, tell a person to move out of his land that he has lived in so uh, so long? So the emphasis is not necessarily just about the country in which he was living, but you know where we come from, we uh, uh, our race of people where we come from, whether it's Africa or Caribbean, wherever, black folk, where we come from, we have this extended family system where um, I mean, everybody watches out for each other. If you need something, you just go next door and then, you know, you need some salt, you need some water, you need some bowls, you need whatever, you need some money, you know, you can ask each 
a family member, cousin, whatever. And then, you know, you, you rely on one another financially, economically, and in every other way to assist each other. That's a powerful skill. This scripture is loaded. So very, very loaded. So follow us on this. You depend on one another. So uh, the family extended system, the economic system, you can rely on each other. You know, things are not going well. You're just your cousin, your auntie, your uncle, grandmother, next door, etc. Now, when God said, now, God said to Abraham, so God was aware that Abraham was used to this. If he needs anything, he doesn't have to pray to God and ask God, bless me, you know, do this and that stuff. You just go next door and then collect this and then borrow from here. But then God was about to use Abraham to start the new um, faith, if we can call it faith walk or faith movement of people walking by faith. You know, Abraham is the father of faith. We walk by faith because Abraham walked by faith. That Abraham was the first to start walking by faith. So what God was actually telling him in economic terms, in biblical economic terms, what God was telling Abraham is get out of your economic system right now. And from your family's dependence on your family's economic system, how you people operate and look to each other and claim from each other and collect from each other. From your father's house, your mentality, the way you do things and everything. I'm going to take you to a land, a faith land, an economic land where you are totally dependent on me and I will, onto sh- uh, a land that I will show you. And where in this particular economic system that I'm about to show you, Abraham, of walking by faith and following my principles and not just, just depending on your relatives, which is nothing wrong with that, but it's, there's a higher way. Through this new economic system of working by faith and following my financial principles, I am about to make you a great nation, not dependent on family. I hope you are following. I am about to make you a great nation, and I will bless you through this new economic system. See, there's an earthly economic system, and then there's the kingdom economic system. And the kingdom economic system, when we talk on wisdom, is superior to all kinds of wisdom. Common sense gives you common results. Gives you some element of results. You shouldn't abandon that. But God was about to use Abraham as the first prototype and the first person to institute this walking by faith and depending on God's divine supplies and God's way of operating economics. Biblical economics is what we call it. He says through this if you follow my system, my new economic system of getting out, in other words, not depending on your country, not depending on your kindred, not depending on your father's house, onto this particular economic system I'm about to show you, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. So God was about to introduce Abraham to a new economic system in which he was going to bless Abraham. Watch this. Why do we teach on economic? Um, biblical economics to bless him, to make him a blessing. We are blessed to become a blessing. And I'll bless them that bless thee, and I'll curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a worldly system of prosperity. People can become rich by, by just following the worldly system. Nothing wrong with that. By working, by, by different kinds of means. But there is a higher way. There is a higher way. It's fact, you're welcome. There is a higher way. It says, leave your family, leave your kindred. To I'm bringing you to a land. I am bringing you to a system, a new economic kingdom system, which is totally dependent upon my principles, operating a higher level beyond the human, beyond the world system. That is how you can have... Um, uh, Egypt, Israel in Egypt, and in Goshen, and everything going well in Goshen, even though things are not going well in Egypt. Like as we face it, inflation, high inflation, recession in the nations in which we live, but in the midst of it, the believers who are operating the higher kingdom economic system are scaling high heights. So it's about absolute dependency on God and not on kindred, not on earthly or biblical, not on earthly system, but biblical economics, biblical economics. So, so far I've given you five reasons 
why we need to teach on biblical and economics, and why we need to adopt God's system in addition to the earthly system that we have. First reason we said was Jesus spoke and taught more about biblical economics than any other subject. 75 to 80 percent of his parables were about finances, were about power, about uh, 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 money matters. Number two, he became poor that we might become rich. Number three, he wishes above all things that we prosper and be in health as our soul prospers. Number four, there are only two gods on this planet. You're either serving God and following his system or serving man and man's system. Then number number five, we just look Genesis 12, 1 to 3. Powerful scripture. Take your time and meditate on it. It's a very powerful scripture. Powerful scripture. Get out of your family economics. So Jesus said, leave your wife and leave your husband. That, that's not what he's saying. He said, I'm coming to show you a better economic system. And when you follow this better economic system, you're going to reign whilst you're on this planet above everything else that is going on. So, number six, prosperity and prosperity, wealth and riches begins in the mind. Why should we teach on biblical economics? Because your prosperity, your riches, and your wealth begins with the mind. We have to teach on biblical economics to renew our minds about finance. Third John 2 again, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul, your mind. As your mind prospers, your pocket prospers. As your mind prospers, your bank account prospers. As your mind prospers, your business prospers. Prosperity begins in the soul. Prosperity begins in the mind. The richer my mind, the richer my pocket, the richer my family, the richer my business. Write this down. Wealth and prosperity, wealth and riches begins in the mind. For as a man thinketh, so is he. Why should we teach about biblical economics in church and across the nations of the earth? Because prosperity, riches begins in the mind. Even the world who are making it uh, uh, big financially, it's because they are engaging their mind, engaging their mind, engaging their mind. And very often, most people who are succeeding out there, they engage the principles of the word of God, just that they don't say or attribute it to the Bible. But that's where, that's where it's from. That's where it's from. Like King Solomon, uh, the book of Proverbs, uh, Ecclesiastes, that is where it's from. Well, the, the richer my mind, the richer my pockets, the richer my life. We must teach on biblical economics because when I'm rich in my mind about biblical economics, it will transcend, it will affect everything else. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So mentality matters. That's why I write this down. That's why the mind is the first thing to be educated. That's why the mind must be the first to be educated. We need to start renewing our mind about biblical prosperity. Renew our mind. Not shut our minds off, else no new ideas comes to us. And this world is ruled by ideas. For as he thinketh in his heart, Proverbs 23, 7, as he thinketh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Glory to God. And that's why Romans 12, 1 and 2, one of the first things Paul tells us to do is renew our mind. 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 If people are prepared to be flexible and keep an open mind and learn, they will grow richer and richer and richer. Number seven, why should we teach on biblical prosperity? The richer your mind, the richer your pockets, the richer your life. The richer your mind, the richer your pockets, the richer your life. Everything begins with our mind. Glory to God. Number seven. <clears throat> Why teach on biblical economy? Why should we be teaching on this entire subject, this entire series? Number seven. The rich always rule over the poor. The rich always rule over the poor because of their mindset from what they know and what they do with what they know. The rich will always rule over the poor because of their mindset from what they know and what they do with their money. The rich will always rule over the poor. Why should we teach on biblical finances? The rich will always rule over the poor. Those who know more will always rule over those who don't know much. 
So it's very important that we become knowledgeable. You don't just need a financial advisor, you need financial education as well. So you need to educate yourself about finances before anybody gives you advice. You need to do due diligence. So the rich always rule over the poor because of their mindset, because they know more. The rich always rule over the poor because of their mindset, what they do with their money. The rich always rule over the poor. Why should we teach on biblical economics? Number eight, you and I are not free until we are financially free. You and I are not free until we are financially free. And when I say financially free, I'm not just talking about money. But there are people who have money and are not financially free. But what brings the additional freedom is your knowledge and your understanding about this subject we're talking about. That you, you are not free until you are financially free. And your freedom begins with financial education, financial literacy. Your freedom in the area of your healing begins with your understanding of the covenant right of healing and deliverance and salvation and everything. So you and I are not free until we are financially free and it begins with financial education. It begins with financial literacy and that is why we must buy books. That is why we must buy books. That's why it says buy the truth and sell it not. You and I are not free until we are financially free. You know, Somebody asked a question. I was doing the teaching the <clears throat> unique women this afternoon on, on, on this subject on financial education. And uh, I think a question I was asked was, why is it that it's not every pastor who takes time to sometimes teach their members about financial education and financial literacy and all that? And then somebody said, in their opinion, some of them don't teach. Some people don't teach on that. One, because there's also resistance from members, but secondly, sometimes some people don't teach on that because they want the congregation to always be dependent on them and keep calling them and keep looking up to them and all that stuff. But, you know, we are called as pastors to uh, empower the members that we teach, the people that we teach, to become economically empowered and empowered in every area and go out there and become the light. So they're not supposed to be depending on calling upon us every little thing. There's a the mosquito in my net. There's a, the antelope there. You know, no, I, I'm, I'm in debt. And this, there's a time for calling a pastor, but it's not to be called. A pastor is supposed to empower you so you can do DIY. Stand on your own two feet and do the things that he has taught you to become financially free. Most of our issues are finance related. So pastors need to Take their time and teach on biblical economics, teach on finances, teach on healing, teach on deliverance, teach on relationships, teach on all these subjects. He said that the child of God will be equipped, not tossed about to and fro by any wind of doctrine. Very important. That's why we need to buy books. We buy books I mentioned earlier the other day. You don't buy books, but you buy the author. You don't listen to just a message. You are listening to the spirit. Of the other, because the secrets of men are in their story. You know, some people see books and they won't buy the books. They rather say the books are expensive. Write this down. Ignorance is more expensive than books. Ignorance is more expensive than books. When we're growing up, they said, "What you don't know will not kill you, or what you don't what you don't know will not harm you." Listen, what you don't know will kill you. What you don't know has the capability of killing you. Very important. We as pastors are called to empower the flock to become all-rounders. Even though sometimes in certain places the flock may not like it. So it's very important that we are not supposed to remain spiritual babies or financial babies where we are being cuddled, where we are being pampered. That's not what Ephesians chapter 4 tells us. He said they are to train them, equip them until they become into maturity, 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 and bring increase through the use of their giftings within the church and the kingdom of God. So remember, you are not free until you are financially free. So you need to be taught, in addition to every other subject, you need to be taught. And we sat down, we're taught by the Kenneth Copelands and the John Avanzini's and this, and we have their books and we keep making reference. Recently, I bought seven new books on leadership and finances. 
I'm always online checking out the sound preachers and the things they are teaching, enriching my mind, enriching my mind, because you are not free until you are financially free. That's why you need to invest in sound books like the books on our website, houseofjuda.org.uk. Remember, ignorance is more expensive than books. So take time on Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning to be in House of Judah and on this platform during the week to be empowered. It's going to be awesome. Why should we teach on biblical economics? Number nine, Zechariah 117. My people through prosperity shall be spread abroad. My influence, my kingdom through prosperity of my, my people shall be spread abroad. Until we are blessed, wealthy, rich, and prosperous, the gospel cannot be spread abroad. The gospel salvation is free. But the tool which is used to spread the gospel is not free. This laptop I'm using to preach, my personal laptop, is not free. Electricity I'm using in my house to teach from this particular studio is not free. The microphone we use to preach, the buildings we preach from, is not free. It takes resources to be able to push this thing. If we are living in an environment where electricity goes up, then maybe we need some generator and all those you don't have a laptop or the laptop is old. Ladies and gentlemen, my cities through prosperity shall be spread abroad. It's through our prosperity that the gospel we believe in, the gospel which is working in our lives, shall be spread abroad. You can't do that without finances. So we need God instruct that we must teach on finances in addition to every other subject. My cities, my kingdom, Zechariah 117, my kingdom, my cities through prosperity shall be spread abroad. Without our prosperity, nobody will know about what we believe. You know, television, Dr. Creflo Dollars describes television as tell a vision, tell your vision. We are on TV, KICC TV, on Tuesdays, 3 p.m., on, uh, on, on, uh, on, on Fridays, 11 p.m., on Saturdays, 5.30 p.m., because it's through our prosperity <coughs> that nations and the gospel can be spread abroad and what God has taught us can be spread abroad. <coughs> Amen. So, Zechariah 1.17, my cities, my influence, my kingdom, through the prosperity of my people, shall be spread abroad. This information that we have cannot be made manifest. People will not know about it, except through our spreading the gospel, and it comes through our prosperity. So, let's remember that. That's what we must teach on prosperity. If we don't teach on prosperity, people will not prosper. You know, one of the first, you'll be amazed, Jesus, I forgot about this. The, when Jesus started preaching, the first message he preached, when you look in Luke, when he started preaching, he went to the synagogue, opened the scroll. First thing he said was, the Spirit of God is upon me, and he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Did you hear that? First message. His first message. When he opened the school, when he went to the temple and started preaching, opened the Bible, opened the school to this particular chapter, quoted in Isaiah, manifesting, look, the Spirit of God is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So what the poor need is the gospel of prosperity. Jesus' first message was on prosperity, on preaching the prosperity, wealth, riches, gospel, to get the poor out of their poverty. We have a food bank. There's a time for food bank. But in addition to food bank, we must teach them how not to depend on food bank and become people who actually create food banks for others. That's what he said to Abraham. I'll bless you. And what's the essence of the blessing? To make you a blessing to the nation. So, biblical prosperity, biblical economics must be taught for people to understand. Then number 10, Matthew 6, 32. Why should we speak up? speak or teach on biblical economics. Matthew 6.33 I'm sure you can recite it with me right now. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness as Mama B explained on Sunday. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Look at the result. And all these things including money, including houses, including whatever we need on this planet. As you seek 
bestest the kingdom of God. All these things that the Gentiles are seeking after, which is very often money, shall be added. Is, does that look like somebody who doesn't want us to prosper? Everything we need shall be added to enable us continue to be a blessing on this earth. <laughs> so for people to say, this thing must not be taught in church. Biblical economics must not be taught in church. That's a violation of even Jesus' teachings. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that the Gentiles are seeking after shall be added unto you because you are seeking first my kingdom, bringing many into the kingdom, bringing many on this platform this month, on Wednesdays, on Fridays, on Saturday, and to church on Sunday to hear the gospel and come out of their poverty. These things shall be added unto you for spreading my gospel and bringing people to become their minds to be renewed, to become financially and spiritually and mentally free. Did you see that? Very powerful. Very powerful. Very powerful. Very, very powerful. So, Matthew 6.33 Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. Now, let's continue with this statement. It is not the side. Once again, why should we teach on this? We all, I'm focusing today on the mind. The mind. The mind being renewed through these teachings. Number 11. It's not, write this down. It's not the size of our income that matters, but the size of our mind. It's not the size. You know, people earn a lot of income, but for some strange reason, uh, they don't know where the resources are. So, the question is not the size of the income that we earn. It's the size of our mind to manage, handle the resources that come into our hands. Much resources come into the hands of many people, but they have no idea where the money went because they have not educated their mind or literated their mind about money matters. It's not the size of a man's income that determines his prosperity or his wealth or his riches. Is the size of his mind to accommodate and to manage the resources that comes into you. Everything boils down to the mind, and that is why we have to teach on finance. That's why God told Abraham, get out, get out. Get out of this family economic system. Get out, because if you stay here, you won't be able to operate the kind of faith and the kind of things that I'm, you won't be able to operate in this particular dimension. Very, very important. We need more grace to abound towards every good way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, it's not the size of a man's income that determines his prosperity. It's the size of his mind. The ability to manage your income well. The ability to manage your income well is what determines your wealth or your riches. If you don't handle it properly, God cannot entrust you with more. It's not the size of our income that determines our finances or our riches. It is the size of our mind. It's the size of our mind. That things are going to get hotter and deeper as we are going along. It's not the size of our income. No, it's the size of our mind to manage, manage, manage the resources well to position ourselves for more to come. That's why we need to know about money matters. That's why we must be taught these things so that we know how to manage it, so more can be given to us and we can impact more people. Shocking, next statement, number 12, is poverty is not a cash flow. Poverty is not a cash flow problem. It is a mind problem. Poverty is not a cash flow problem, but a mind problem. Now, I always like to explain that when I'm talking about poverty, poor and all that, I'm not talking about some of us were raised in poor areas who have no access to information and revelation and insight. I'm talking about people who have access to insight, information, current information, biblical information, church information, all these things, and yet do not make any progress with the things that they have learned. So very often, if you are born in a village or somewhere where you have no idea, no access to information like this, and you are so poor, that's, that's a different scenario. But if you are in a uh, climate like the climate in which we live, the kind of teaching that you get in church on finances and all prosperity and success, and, all that, and still remain poor, despite the money is coming to your hand, 
in that instance, poverty is not a cash flow problem. So somebody is not poor because when I'm talking about the context of having all this information, if a person still remains poor, it is not a cash flow problem. It's a mind problem to handle the resources. So monies have come, but it's not a cash flow problem that they have. It's a mind problem of managing, handling resources properly. So if some people think money will solve the problems, they will have a rough ride because, listen, I close with this. It's intelligence that solves problems and produces money. It's intelligence that solves problems and produces money. It is intelligence that solves problems. I'm talking about financial intelligence. Finance, that's why we're taking time. That's why I call the series Financial Intelligence Sessions. Financial Intelligence Sessions. Financial Intelligence Sessions. Intelligent. Financial intelligence is what solves problems and produces money. Money without financial intelligence is soon gone. Money without financial intelligence is soon gone. Money without financial intelligence will soon dissipate. Will soon dissipate. But that shall not be our story. I'm going to encourage everyone on this platform to listen to this message again over and over and over and again. Hearing it once is not enough. You need to hear it over and over and over again. Then you'll be surprised about some of the revelation that you'll be catching when you listen to it over and over, something that maybe you skip over. And then share it with as many everybody needs to get ready for the coming wealth transfer. Everybody needs to know how to handle finances and resources properly. And it comes through financial intelligence. So take time to register for the coming wealth transfer at michaelhattonwood.org on the 28th of May. 28th of May from 6 p.m. to from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Register for this financial intelligence wealth transfer masterclass and your life will not remain the same again. Glory to God. Now, if you're on the platform, you're not born again, you want to give your life to Jesus and enter this dimension like Abraham entered this dimension. Pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Father, thank you for sending Jesus to become poor for us that we might become rich. Forgive me for all my sins. I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Once you've prayed that prayer, you submitted your life to the Lordship of Jesus, we encourage you to join us every Wednesday right here on this platform to grow in the things of the Spirit. Glory to God. If you have financial challenges and financial problems, this is a platform for you. Jesus came to save you from not just your sin, but also your financial issues. It's financial intelligence that solves problems and brings the money. So join us on this platform on Facebook on Wednesdays, right here on this platform on Instagram uh, platform every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Every Friday, join us this Friday, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. We'll teach on finances and also pray for financial wisdom because wisdom is the mother of wealth. And then Saturday, lunch hour with high achievers on our other platform, Hasnwood Global, or we might do a double uh, platform. So those who want to join on House of Judah and the Hasnwood Global platform will be able to do so. And Sunday, live, come live to the service, live to the service and receive all these nuggets. It's going to be also go on our website, houseofjudah.org.uk. You get additional information of our resources. And everything that we are involved in, you go to houseofjuda.org.uk, get the material, buy the books. We have the book on finances, how to come out of debt and stay out of debt, reasons why people work in lack, 21 reasons why you should not work in poverty or be poor, and then why budgeting is not an option. Now let's receive our offerings. Let's receive our offerings. Now when you sow seeds, God says whenever you come into my house and into my presence, come with the seed. So take out your phones right now. In this particular month, glory to God. You want to see the favors of God, the supernatural. He says, come to me with my offerings. We come to worship the Lord with our offerings. So take out your phones right now. The details are on the screen. 
Lloyd's Bank, if you are in London, you want to sow your offering in London. Lloyd's Bank, account number, write it down. If you're watching on Instagram, you can write the details down. Account number 0229-4551. 0229-4551. And sub code is 3092-45. 309245. So you want to sow, you're in London and you want to sow using your phone, online banking. The details are House of Judah, Lloyd's Bank. House of Judah, Lloyd's Bank. Account number 0229-4551 and the sub code 309245. Or you want to give on our website, it's houseofjudah.org.uk. Click online giving and press the donate button. If you have a PayPal account, you want to give through PayPal, it's paypal.me forward slash house of Judah City Church. Paypal.me forward slash house of Judah City Church. If you're watching from outside the country, the IBAN details are scrolling at the bottom of the screen. Take advantage of it. And so, hallelujah, I trust you have been blessed. Father, bless our offerings. Bless this message. Let it go far in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We pray for the finances of everyone watching right now. Give us divine wisdom, divine wisdom, divine wisdom, power to create and distribute wealth. Just as you taught Abraham, this new economic system. Father, continue to teach us through this platform in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth to walk in the reality of everything that you did for us. You came. To die to secure riches, power, glory, and let us see this dimension in Jesus. We receive power and ability to manage resources well, so more can be entrusted to us and that we can be a blessing to nations. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all for joining us this evening. We appreciate every one of you, and we look forward to see you this Friday. On this same platform, 6 p.m., 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on this platform. Saturday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Sunday, live in service in Croydon. The details are scrolling at the bottom of the screen. The church details are at the bottom of the screen. We are, we are in Croydon, West Croydon, three minutes walk from May Day Hospital or Croydon University Hospital. And then you can join us for our services. It's going to be a blessing. And also, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Watch our messages. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Bishop Michael Hudsonwood. And also, you can watch our 24-7 audio podcast. If you Google, listen to Maximizing Destiny. Maximizing Destiny audio podcast. Maximizing Destiny audio podcast with Bishop Michael Hudsonwood. Your life will never remain the same. You go on our Facebook homepage, Michael Hattonwood, or go on our website, houseofjuda.org.uk. All our messages are right there since the lockdown began. Two solid years of powerful insight. Go there and be blessed. And the final announcement is register, register, register. I just can't wait. Register for the upcoming Wealth Transfer Summit. Wealth Transfer Summit. The details are on the screen. Register for the coming Wealth Transfer Masterclass. Take advantage of the 25% discount. Glory to God. We've just extended it for this week. So take advantage of it. Glory to God. Register for the coming Wealth Transfer Masterclass on Zoom. Saturday, 28th May, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. The Website to register is www.michaelhattonwood.org. Michaelhattonwood.org. So go there and register ASAP. God bless you all. Have a wonderful evening and I'll see you on Friday, 6 p.m. Friday at 6 p.m. Have a wonderful evening. God bless. Take advantage and register. God bless.